We're back with Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra, a recruiting podcast joined by Kevin Sinclair and Tom Moy. Dead period in the books, coaching staff turnover, all-star games are done, final rankings are coming out today, or at least the latest rankings coming out today on 24-7. And um, as far as Notre Dame goes, bigger than any recruit is the coaching staff. Mike off to Texas A&M, Chip Long uh, had some interest from Alabama, he's staying Clark Lee, the new defensive coordinator, and two staff positions remain open. Why don't we start with Clark Lee? Because when we did our sort of our, our year-end or early signing period podcast, we all sort of picked our recruiter of the year. And I think it was three for three for Mike Elko. Um, so there's no really underselling the fact that this is a blow to Notre Dame's recruiting efforts. But in terms of Clark Lee, he's got some good recruiting acumen as well. You guys have sort of gotten to know him as a recruiter more through prospects as much as anything. And Kevin, I want to start with you because you've gotten to know Lamb really well, um, you know, early enrollee already here. And Clark Lee, as much as Brian Pullian sort of got the ball rolling there, that was a, a recruitment where Clark Lee got it over the finish line. What, what did you sort of learn about Clark Lee's recruiting style through Lamb? Yeah, so I think Clark Lee's sort of strong suit um, is just his personal ability, just, um, you know, his one-on-one with people, his ge- real genuine guy. Like Clark Lee, I did just hear about how, how nice of a guy, honest and straightforward he is. And, and not only with recruits that I've spoken with, I talked to a lot of football dads out there. Um, and, I d- yeah, just hear really strong praise from everyone about him. Um, just uh a guy who just does really well on the trail with each prospect he he speaks with, and and Jack Lamb. I mean, um, when he made the call, you know, I think it was sort of late in the evening to make his commitment. Uh, you know, he called Clark Lee. There was some. I think we sort of saw some nice um, sort of closing ability, if you want to call it that, um, in um, you know adding Jack Lamb when it came down to the wire between them, Notre Dame and UCLA. Um, you know, also just outside of just this class, um, you know, he's, he does really well in sort of Maryland and Tennessee. If you look at some of the, that sort of top 2019 group and, um, or sorry, I meant Virginia and Tennessee. If you look at Virginia, Brandon Smith and Litchfield, Adjavon, Cameron Kelly. I mean, each of those guys, um, if you ask them about Notre Dame, um, those are three of their very top prospects in the class. They'll, the first thing they'll bring up is Clark Lee. Um, and how much they sort of take, have taken to him. So, um, yeah, definitely, I think, an understated recruiter. I know that I've, you know, shared some praise there. Um, I know that, you know, Elko is the sort of, um, you know, workhorse, the wide net casting guy. Um, I don't know that uh, we were talking before the pod. We don't know if, um, you know, he has sort of that ability. But in terms of, you know, one-on-one each individual recruitment, um, there's going to be a positive vibe about Clark Lee, no doubt. Yeah, Tom, Clark seems like he comes across as sort of like an intellectual recruiter to me. I don't know if that's an accurate depiction, but like, you know, we've gotten to know guys in their recruiting styles over the years. Like, Alford had more of a mentor. I think Elko was just like sort of a huge personality. Um, yeah, you know, Clark comes across a little bit understated. What's your sort of feeling on, on the way he goes about his business and recruiting? Yeah, I, I I don't. He's not a dog on the trail. He's not a guy, and I don't mean that as a slight on him at all. He's just not going to pump his chest out there and and say Notre Dame's the best and the other schools are terrible. 
that's not how that's not how he works. Um, there's not going to be, in my opinion, negative recruiting coming out of Clark Lee's mouth. Um, you know, he's all about taking guys, making them better, and building them not only as football players but as young men, and you know, as they grow in their lives. Um, he's just a different personality, and I think it's going to be a guy that has a ton of success at Notre Dame with his style of recruiting. Cause uh, like I said, sure. He's, he's, he's not going to be relentless dog, um, throwing all these schools under the bus type, but he's going to get the job done because he's, he takes a mature approach to these guys. He's going to find the right fits for his defense. He's going to find smart football players. Um, Jack Lamb, Derek Allen, uh, these guys are, like you said, intellectuals that, that, that understand um, how good of a teacher Clark Lee is. And that's really – that's probably the biggest takeaway I got from watching Clark at the Irish Invasion was it was so fun to watch him interact with the guys he was working with because he genuinely looks like he cares. He didn't treat it just like a regular summer camp. And he wanted these guys to, whether they chose Notre Dame or not, to get better – so there's a reason that Clark Lee has Notre Dame still in play for Solomon Tuliapupu, um, arguably the nation's top inside linebacker right now, um, from a from a, a hotbed that's likely going to you know lean him towards USC at, at the end or UCLA. But there's a reason Notre Dame's in play, and a big big backer is Clark Lee, and that's just because of the type of person he is and the relationships that he builds with these young men. Yeah, the Irish invasion point's a good one because I mean, we were both there and to watch him work with Shane Simon, I mean, that was like, you would think that Simon was already on the team at that point and he was uncommitted, commits yeah. basically a month or two later. But um, yeah, Clark, I think Clark's personality will be somewhat self-selective in a good way for Notre Dame because the guys that he is going to connect with on the trail are going to be naturally good fits at Notre Dame. Um, on the other coordinator side, Chip Long... Interest from Alabama, staying at Notre Dame, uh, he would qualify more as like a dog on the recruiting trail uh, who uh, I think is going to appeal to a wide range of kids, maybe more so than Clark would. Uh, Tom, you've sort of gotten to know Chip a little bit as a recruiter by talking to the guys that he's chased down, um, you know, two tight ends in this class, but has also, I think, pushed Notre Dame in some areas where I think he would be it'd be fair to say Chip is going to be more of your recruiter that could get a guy that's off profile for Notre Dame to be looking at Notre Dame. Um, what is sort of your vibe on him as a recruiter and how critical is it that he's still here? I'm a, I'm a big fan of Chip Long. I, I think that he's a, he's like you said, he's a dog on the trail. I mean, it was genuinely fun watching him, Mike Elko and Brian Polian work because those guys got after it and um, they weren't afraid to go against any other um, any other team in the country. I mean, whether it was Alabama, Florida State, USC, they were going to go at anybody. So with, with Chip, I think Notre Dame fans, they really need to appreciate the fact that he not only is here, but he wants to be here. Um, you know, I was told that, that Alabama wanted him as the co-OC along with Mike, Mike Loxley, and that just was not what he wanted to do. That's not him. Um, you know, he loves it at, in South Bend. He loves it at Notre Dame. And he wants to bring this university a championship and get them to the playoffs. And so he's the right man to do it. I mean, they need to improve the passing game and get things going in that front. And I think you'll see a different, uh, a different offense 
at Notre Dame next year, a much improved, cleaner offense. So he's the guy to do it. He's doing a great job on the trail. Um, you know, not only is he a dog personality, but he's also, you know, kind of a, he knows how to get, do the little things right. As soon as Tommy Tremble got hurt, going to miss his senior season, the first conversation he had was with Chip Long and Long made it clear. Not only is he sorry to hear that he was hurt because he wanted to see him, you know, rise and become a better football player as a senior, but he let him know that Notre Dame, the Notre Dame scholarship offer stood and that wasn't going anywhere. And he still wanted to coach him in college. So he does the little things right. He does the big things right. Um, like I said, I think Notre Dame fans really need to appreciate what they have in Chip Long. Yeah, I think Chip really likes the nuts and bolts, like the grind of recruiting in a way that not every coach does. I think Elko did as well, but um, I think I think Long is you know fits into that mold a little bit. Why don't we you know we haven't had our recruiting podcast in a few weeks here with the dead period and All Star game, so instead of five guys uh, total, we'll do ten. Because really, there's a lot of material to, to comb through as Notre Dame heads towards the second signing period, um, February 7th. Staff out on the road now, some official visits coming up this weekend. And Kevin, I want to start with you as, as Notre Dame looks at its roster and sees, huh, three scholarship running backs and one of them is an early enrollee. There's a priority to try to find a second back. And it seems like they've found a guy that they like enough to have offered and get him up on an official visit. Um, tell us a little bit about him. Yeah, things took a shift there where, you know, prior to um, the dismissal of the four players, it was sort of like if Notre Dame adds another back, it'll be, you know, a, a really top guy um, who they sort of couldn't turn down if they had the opportunity. Now it's, it's like a necessity. Um, they need to add another back. Sebo uh, Flemister, um, interesting prospect, um, sort of, um, you could say, uh, under the radar uh, guy. But, you know, um, you, you know, he's committed to Georgia Tech now, uh, Tennessee in pursuit there as well. He took an official visit there recently. Um, five foot, eleven, hundred ninety seven pounds, um, sort of physically um, his stature and, and whatnot, similar to what we see in Jameer Smith. Um, what I see is, a, you know, a guy who's sort of, you know, hits the hole with a full head of steam, um, you know, definitely a, kind of a work workhorse, more between the tackles type back um, who needs some, he needs some coaching um, needs. I think that, um, you know, he certainly is a decisive back. Um, you know, he's not a guy who's going to hesitate, um, which is what college coaches like to see. Um, but he yeah, definitely gets a little high in the shoulder pads at times, um, you know, just needs to sort of work on his patience a little bit. Um, but the, there's some nice core pieces there. And, um, you know, I, I can see why um, Notre Dame would be interested in him. Um, obviously, uh, he was visited by Autry Denson last night, um, received an offer. Um, and now uh, uh, Tom reported that uh, he'll be visiting Notre Dame. Um, I could see Notre Dame obviously being a tough team to beat. But, um, you know, as he just took that official visit to Tennessee, I don't know that this will be a slam dunk. It's really early. We're just still sort of learning more about him but rushed for over 2,000 yards last season, over 100 yards in each contest. Um, so it's definitely an interesting one here. It's nice that Notre Dame was able to, um, you know, sort of make the decision that they need another back. There was one there. They visited him right away, got the offer out, got the visits scheduled. So um, as far as scheduling goes, things look good there. Tom, you know, shifting to an old name, uh, Julius Servan, a guy that you're really plugged in with, that recruitment has taken – I don't know, half dozen turns, dozen turns. What is the latest okay. on that? Because it sounds like you've got a feeling that that 
that may be heading elsewhere right now. Yeah, I mean, obviously we reported uh, prior to the early signing period that he had made up his mind and he was going to Notre Dame. And, and um, then obviously his family situation took a turn for the worse and, and um, you know, uh, things happened with his mother and it's a terrible situation and, and it just t- caused him to kind of take a step back and reevaluate everything. So moving forward, get, getting things caught up, I, I look at this as a USC-Washington battle I think Notre Dame's trailing. They were in uh, in school this week to meet with them, and I just, barring a surprise, and obviously there's been multiple so far for this recruitment, I don't see it working out for Notre Dame. It's a tough loss. Mike Elko leaving, um, that was that hit hard. That was a, a tough blow for Notre Dame because Irvin had a great relationship with him, um, and to be honest, that was a, a big factor regarding his interest um, because he, he really likes Todd Light, but man, just the, we talked about Mike Elko as a recruiter. That guy sold Notre Dame. So simple as that. I don't think it's going to work out for Notre Dame. I know Alabama's in play. They're getting a visit, um, I think, even this weekend. But I like USC. I like Washington at this point. Um, I was told that he was leaning towards USC just two days ago and then um, kind of had a change of heart, and it was going to be Washington, and, and he's just going back and forth. The one thing that's not, you know, not coming into play is he's not having a change of heart where it's likely going to work out in Notre Dame's favor. So, again, I just a uh, heck of an effort throughout the entire re- recruitment. They made a made him a priority throughout and a kudos to the staff for that. But in the end, if guy's not his heart's not at Notre Dame, they're not going to land him. Yeah, Kevin, this is another guy that's been on Notre Dame's board for a long, long time that you've been plugged in with uh, similar to Irvin and and Tom is, is Lawrence Keyes out of New Orleans, and you had an update on irishillustrated.com. Today on Keyes, what's the latest there as he heads toward his long-awaited official visit to South Bend? Yeah, I talked to, to Lawrence last night, um, you know, four-star slot receiver out of New Orleans. Um, you know, no, basically the keynote there is that Houston is now out. Notre Dame and Houston were sort of running neck and neck. With, I would say Notre Dame being the – you know, unconfirmed leader uh, for weeks now. Um, he told me that Houston is basically full now. They're out of the, the equation. Um, Texas and SMU now applying a lot of pressure. Um, as of, of just a few days ago, um, he wasn't planning on visiting Texas. Um, staff visited him in his home last night. Um, now he does plan to take an official visit to Texas. So he'll be taking an official to Notre Dame this weekend. Texas the following weekend, SMU the following weekend after that, planning to make a decision on National Signing Day. Um, you know, of course, if you just sort of look at everything, um, you know, Notre Dame still, uh, you know, recruiting offensive linemen. Now they have a need at running back. Um, they offered a defensive end last night, and they're hosting a defensive tackle this weekend as well. Um, clearly recruiting defensive back really hard. Um, you've got solo uh, linebacker out in California, definitely a priority. Um, and you just look at the numbers and it, Lawrence Keyes here, if he, you know, holds sticks to his guns and wants to wait until National Signing Day, um, obviously you have to wonder whether Notre Dame would have room for him. I do think that uh, Notre Dame is, you know, the clear leader here. And I got that sense when we were talking about the schools um, sort of in the race. It is only those three schools. He said he's um, since the early signing period, there's been more schools sort of coming out of the woodwork, um, getting in touch with them. But it's it's just sort of those three. Um, I sort of get the sense that, like, you know, having a relationship with a coaching staff 
um, is really important to him. Um, I know that academics are going to be really important to his mother, who will be on the official visit this weekend. Um, so I really like Notre Dame for Lawrence Keyes. Like I still have my crystal ball pick in there. Um, he may, you know, it's, it's sort of about whether he will be sort of willing or able to bend on his sort of decision time frame because he may need to. I think he almost will need to expedite um, his decision um, to have a spot at Notre Dame. So going to be interesting there. This is a prospect I, you know, really, really like uh, on film. I think he'd bring a really interesting dynamic to the offense. Um, you know, definitely an electric slot prospect. So we'll see what happens there, but that's the latest. Yeah, it's interesting because I know Notre Dame was very high on him, and he was sort of one of their priority guys, like in the same classification on their board with Lindsey and Austin um, and, jo- and Micah Jones. So, Hey, the facts on the ground have changed, and Notre Dame has needs elsewhere based on how the rosters turn over. Uh, one of those needs is offensive line, Tom, and there's a guy from the West Coast that I'm not sure how the loss of Harry Heastand impacts Notre Dame with uh, this prospect. It can't be good, but Notre Dame has recruited offensive linemen before Harry Heastand and will recruit them after him, and, and this is a guy that uh, I think Notre Dame has a real shot with. I was starting to think they weren't going to field an offensive line once Harry Heastan left, but I guess they're going to try to when it comes to the Michigan game to start the season. But um, yeah, Mission Viejo, California, four-star high school, uh, four-star offensive tackle Jarrett Patterson. Um, he's down to three schools: Notre Dame, UCLA, Michigan. Um, you know, he even told me before the in-home visit with Brian Polian on Wednesday that if things didn't kind of get as uh, if there wasn't a clear picture about the move at offensive line coach, if he didn't feel comfortable with it, then he's not going to take the trip just to, you know, take it. It's not, he's not, that's not how he, how he works. So um, I did pick up some information that I do expect it, that the, the official visit is going to happen. And from what I gather, it could happen this weekend. So we could add him to the official visit list um, just for, you know, starting, I don't know if he to arrive Friday or Saturday, but it'll be this weekend. Um, barring a last-second change, but they're working on logistics and trying to make it happen soon because Patterson, I'm not saying he's over the process, but he's just ready to make a decision. Um, He has a really good feel for UCLA, has a great feel for Michigan, and he just wants to get that feel for Notre Dame, has a great relationship with coaching staff. Brian Polian has done a terrific job so far. Chip Long's involved. Um, You know, like I said, it's it's big news that he's going to visit for sure. Um, I have a feeling Jarrett himself will announce something later today. Um, or or at least reach out, but I know he's you know, he's in school right now. So we'll see what happens, but Notre Dame's going to get their shot. Like I said, I think it could happen this weekend, and at that point, all bets are off. I mean, he he knows, you know, that the school sounds familiar. He knows Max Redfield. He's actually, um, there's some family connections there. He's reached out in the past, and, and Max has had nothing but, you know, good things to say about him, about Notre Dame. Um, so they were all disappointed to see how it worked out, but they all have a, they're all big fans of Notre Dame. They're excited to see what, what they can, you know, find out in South Bend. And um, like I said, all bets are off. This is no backup plan for Notre Dame behind Nicholas Petit Free or anything like that. He's an absolute take, and um, he's very much wanted in South Bend. We could spend a whole podcast on uh, Max Redfield having good feedback on Notre Dame, but um, let's move, <laughs> move on to the other offensive linemen that you mentioned there, Tom, and kick this over to Kevin, Nicholas Petit Frere. I saw him at Under Armour practices. He is a five-star all the way and kind of one of those guys who doesn't have bad weight at all and you can build up into basically a monster who has quick feet 
I think the the he stand departure probably here does hurt Notre Dame. Kevin, what's sort of your sense on the uh, the five star from Florida? Yeah, so I mean, I think the key topic sort of with him is Harry Heastand, uh, obviously no longer at Notre Dame and an offensive line coach hasn't uh, been set and may not be set before uh, National Signing Day. And um, you think about uh, the type of prospect um, who would make a commitment um, to Notre Dame without, you know, a position coach at his position, of course, um, you know, still because they want the education, because they want Notre Dame. I do think Nick Petit Frere fits in that slot. Um, but at the same time, of course, he has all these other great options, uh, Alabama and Florida, Ohio State, um, those three programs he's taking official visits to in the, the next following three weekends. Um, so it's, it's not like he doesn't have uh, additional strong options, of course. Um, of course, he's a guy who doesn't give up a lot. And, you know, Pete, like what he said to you and when you interviewed him that day, um, you know, he's just not giving up a lot. And I don't think that that will change until he makes his decision. Um, he's a real pro at keeping things to the vest. Um, I do think that, you know, he has a, a high a thought of Notre Dame. I do think education is extremely important and maybe understated how important it is to him. Um, so, again, um, he definitely fits in that category of kids who would um, pick Notre Dame for Notre Dame, not for the coaches. Uh, I still think Notre Dame's in it, but it's getting really tricky to sort of call Notre Dame a leader or where he'd end up. Definitely not calling this one out yet, though. Yeah, I do feel like if if he stand was still still here, I I felt like Notre Dame was going to land this kid because when you talk to him, you think this is this is a, a prospect that should be deciding between Notre Dame and Stanford, not deciding among Florida, Notre Dame, and Alabama, the three favorites right. in the Crystal Ball. But uh, I think the he stand departure there is uh, that's a tough one for Notre Dame. But Tom, kicking it back to you. Um, whether I don't know where you want to go next. There's a, a new offer at defensive end, update at corner, and then you know obviously the four-star middle linebacker from out west. Uh, where do you want to go next? Well, we'll go with the four-star linebacker from out west. We'll talk about Solomon Tuliapupu. Um, out of the Polynesian Bowl, he released a top three of Notre Dame, USC, and UCLA. Um, I agree with that. I think that's pretty accurate. I don't think that's necessarily recruit speak and he's trying to play games um i think if he leaves california it's going to be for notre dame um now that, that now comes the hard part is he actually going to leave california oklahoma and ohio state are also in play i mean he's been talking about taking official visits there um i don't expect him to be you know be at ohio state i think oklahoma is a legit threat but Early on, it seemed like it was USC or Ohio State. I think Notre Dame's become the new Ohio State in terms of the school he really likes that's not close to home. So Clark Lee, Brian Poley, and those guys are going to work tremendously hard, try to get this guy to to see how important and necessary it would be for him to end up at Notre Dame and how important he is as a player. Um, but, but in the end, I mean, it, it's really difficult to bet against USC. Um, there was some smoke at the Army Bowl when I was in San Antonio that that he was actually leaning Notre Dame, and then Mike Elko left, and that did not help things because he and he and um, Clark Lee had done a really good job uh, recruiting him. Well, I think USC was kind of playing some games, and they lacked some confidence in the fact that they were really going to land him. So, but Elko left. Not really. It doesn't. It's not really a good sign. Uh, it's not a good thing for Notre Dame. Um, 
you know, Lee's got his work cut out for him, but keeping them um, gives him a shot. So we'll see what happens. My money is on USC, but if there's a kid that could surprise a ton of people and just kind of go out on his own, it's definitely solo. So we'll see what happens, but but my money's on USC right now. Yeah, right now, crystal ball predictions, 18 of them, 100% for USC. And the modern-day connections with Amon Ra and, and the guys out there, it's, it's difficult to move past that, I think, if you're – it's almost like – it's a borderline Manti Teo situation where you need a kid who just wants to strike out on his own and do his own thing. Um, Kevin, in terms of a couple new offers late, uh, there's a defensive tackle visiting this weekend that is he's been sort of kicked around for the last couple weeks in terms of interest, um, and he's getting a lot more of it, some local, a little, some national, uh, and that's going to lead to an official visit this weekend. Yeah, Moro Jomo, um, really exciting defensive tackle prospect, in my opinion. Um, you know, there was a picture of him from his uh, uh, from an official visit up on Twitter yesterday, and I'm just looking at him. He looks like a like an upperclassman and and long arms, big bodied kid. Um, I know I was um, chatting with Tim Priester about him, as I I know Tim, you know, seems to me that he really likes to sort of evaluate defensive linemen. So I sort of passed him on to him and he, you know, he was really impressed with his film as well. Um, gets off the line really, really quickly. Big, aggressive guy who can get off blocks. Um, most of his film is uh, at the nose tackle position, which I think is great for Notre Dame if they were to get him um, to get help at that position. Um, so, you know, a prospect I certainly look at as a four-star prospect, and I noticed his ranking um, went up recently at 247 Sports to, I believe, 369. Um, I, of course, I see him even higher than that myself. Um, taking an official visit this weekend, uh, also an official visit to Oregon on February 2nd. Um, A&M looks like the leader here. Um, you know, Oklahoma and Texas, so schools closest to, uh, closer to home for him. Um, really in it, really coming after him uh, big time here down the stretch. Um, I spoke with sort of, you know, probably sort of my go-to source in Texas about him. Um, you know, he's not a guy who speaks with the media a whole lot. I think a lot, most of his interviews are sort of in person. Um, I don't think we're flying down to Texas to talk to him anytime <laughs> soon, but, um, you know, a, a guy who, you know, if you talk to people around Texas, they all sort of think he will uh, end up staying closer to home, whether it's A&M or Oklahoma or Texas. Um, but of course he's taking that official visit to Oregon and Notre Dame, of course. So he is, uh, you know, open to checking out schools away from home. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how things go for him this weekend. I'm really interested to see, um, you know, maybe we find out that, you know, academics are actually the top of his priority list. And he really, um, you know, has a great discussion with the academic advisor or something like that and, and starts to turn his attention towards Notre Dame. Uh, you, we, you know, I could see it happening right now. I mean, I, I would, I'm definitely leaning towards him staying down around the Texas region, uh, we'll see what happens. I think this would be an outstanding get for Notre Dame, though. Yeah, it's a. I mean, he's a good-looking athlete and a little bit different physically uh, built than Jamie and Franklin or, or Jason Adamalola. But yeah, you're right. The one visit take from out of area when the in-state schools are after you. Those that's a that's tough math for Notre Dame. Tom, yeah. where did you want to go next uh, as as we sort of move towards uh, the back end of our, our five guys? Yeah, we could stick, we could talk and stay on the defensive line and just kind of talk about Derek Eason, a new uh, new offer that was extended earlier this week. Um, this is a three-star edge rusher out of Norfolk, Virginia, Norview High School. 
Um, he's currently committed to NC State, and he's been committed since July 28th. Um, Notre Dame actually, and we, were, we reported this at irishillustrated.com, um, I want to say a week or two ago, but Notre Dame took a quiet visit behind the scenes um, down to see him. Um, it wasn't blown out of proportion or anything. Like I said, he's committed elsewhere. So I don't, and that was probably a month ago. So I don't think that Notre Dame offers um, or extends an offer this week unless they felt good about getting him on campus. I know Easton's been saying that he's fully committed. He has no plans of visiting anywhere else. He's not even, you know, he's not ready to say that, at least at this point. He has a great relationship with the Wolfpack coaching staff, Dave Doran and the rest of those guys. So um, definitely doesn't want to burn any bridges. Um, Visiting Notre Dame would probably not sit very well um, with a staff this late in the process. So It'll be interesting, something, something to watch. Um, if he does make it to campus, um, look out. You know, all bets are off. But, but right now, like I said, he's saying all the right things. It's very quiet. Um, this is a guy that out of nowhere could step foot on campus, and then, you know, we'll see what happens. But, but yeah, he's just a name to know at this point. Um, but like I said, my thought with the entire situation of how it's played out over the last month, I don't think they're offering um, unless they felt good about getting him on campus. So. He'll be a guy to watch, uh, 6'4", 240 pounds. Um, I think some people are on the fence about him as a player. I like the guy. I think I like a Jomo a lot more. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. He's a guy to keep an eye on. Yeah, and Kevin, your last guy, uh, relatively new target slash offer in the defensive backfield. Um, kind of an interesting recruiting backstory uh, with with this kid out of the South. What uh, What can you tell us about him? Yeah, Teon Palmer, cornerback uh, out of Georgia. This is a guy, I, I think this is just a tremendous offer from Notre Dame. And, uh, you know, looking back from all the way back to like the spring, um, most of or many of um, anything I've written along the lines of prospects, I think Notre Dame should offer. Um, this guy's always been there. And I believe before the merger, I believe I saw Tom also um, sort of sharing similar sentiments um, four-star cornerback, um, of course, yeah, Notre Dame did offer, and um, I think a, a keynote there is um, offers have been pouring in for him. So after Notre Dame offered, earned a Clemson offer, uh, Arkansas, Georgia Tech, Cal, Tennessee, Maryland, um, and I expect them to probably continue to pour in. Um, this is a, a really nice prospect for Notre Dame looking for um, you know, competent talent that might be able to come in and play early. Um, I think that he has a really nice skill set at the cornerback position in terms of um, polish, technique. Um, I think that, you know, he's a, a guy who would be in the running to to play as an under, underclassman. Um, I know that he knows Derek Allen quite well from sort of the seven on seven circuit and, and that sort of thing. Um, and that he reached out to Derek right when he got the offer. Um, former Duke uh, commit. Um, so we know that, you know, his, his academics are certainly where they need to be. Um, we'll take an official visit to North Carolina State tomorrow. Uh, took an, a, an official visit to Nebraska last weekend, I believe. So a lot going on for him. Another guy who doesn't speak with the media a whole lot. Um, so tough to really get a, a ton of scoop and gauge on sort of where he's at. And uh, maybe he's not sure where he's at with his amount of offers and everything that have been coming in lately. But I do think Notre Dame has a shot here. And I do, from what I've heard, I've talked to a few people who know him uh, personally, uh, a kid who, you know, no doubt fit at Notre Dame and a kid who is no doubt excited to get the offer from Notre Dame. Um, so, I, yeah, I 
sort of thinking that this would be um, this could be you know probably Notre Dame's best bet at defensive back um, in terms of getting a guy who can come in and help them early. Yeah, just top. to share a little more. Yeah, I'll yeah, say go ahead. Real quick, yeah, a um, little more backstory on this one. Um, you know, Palmer would have had a Notre Dame offer as soon as he stepped foot on campus at Notre Dame. They, Mike Elko was pushing hard to get him on campus, but they they made it clear that you know you got to visit first. We want we want to see you in person and and you know show us how interested you are. Come up here, take an unofficial visit, and then we'll go from there. Um, that was expressed even in the in the fall where they wanted to get him on campus for an official visit, um, but he didn't want to do it without an offer. So it was kind of like nobody really wanted to budge, but at this point, Notre Dame's definitely budging. Um, Clark Lee pushed for the offer. Todd Light had been pushing for the offer for a while, so they weren't going to worry about getting him on campus at that point. They, they extended the offer. He was pretty fired up. Um, so that was probably the big holdup there. And then with Clemson involved as well, um, one thing's pretty interesting here. Notre Dame has made it clear to Palmer that, that he's a wanted man. They want him on campus for an official visit next weekend. Clemson's saying the same thing, but Clemson actually extended a new offer yesterday in Mario Goodrich. So Notre Dame's not really budging. They've made it clear, like, hey, you're our guy. We want you at corner. Come play for us. We're not offering another guy. And Clemson said that as well, and then they offered another guy. So it's pretty interesting. It's going to come down to, I think, Notre Dame and Clemson being big players in this race. Uh, Florida also involved, but Florida is going to uh, is also involved in Noah Boykin, another guy we'll talk to in a second. But I'll talk about it in a second. But that's kind of a little bit more backstory is that Notre Dame's budging. They're showing how big of a priority is. And Clemson kind of wavered a little bit on that. So um, Notre Dame's looking looking good to at least get that final visit next weekend. Yeah, well, Tom, Boykin is the last guy for our five guys here. And that's a guy Notre Dame's been in on for a while. There's been a lot of buzz that he's not going to end up with at Maryland. Uh, some other schools getting involved now. What Does Notre Dame really have a shot here? Or what, what's sort of your vibe on that recruitment? They definitely have a shot. Um, Brian Kelly, Todd Light, Clark Lee, all going in home today. Light and Lee are actually already there at Woodson High, Woodson, um, High School in Washington, D.C. As this podcast gets, um, as we record it, and then by the time it gets posted, they'll likely still be there. And then Kelly's going to join them and go in home tonight, uh, Thursday night. So they definitely have a shot. The issue is he leaves for Gainesville tomorrow on Friday for an official visit. Um, this is going to be a tough one for, for Notre Dame to land. They almost did it once, but he, he got cold feet and couldn't tell Maryland. Um, <clears throat> he couldn't tell Maryland that he wanted to go elsewhere, and that was where his struggle was. And obviously, the next day, Notre Dame um, secured a commitment from, <clears throat> excuse me, Tariq Bracey. So it's it's been getting interesting for months now. But um, I was told in San Antonio at the Army Bowl from a source close to Boykin that he was not going to end up at Maryland, despite the fact that he's still committed there and that the two teams to watch were Notre Dame and Florida. My gut, just in the fact that I've covered recruiting for a long time, if a kid can't pull the trigger and takes that long and is truly um, struggling with his decision that much, um, odds are it's not going to be good good news for Notre Dame. So I kind of like uh, like Florida a little bit more at this point, um, but we'll have to see how things go tonight. Kelly, Lee, and Light are going to make, make their pitch tonight, and they're going to try to really – have that resonate and sit home before he before he heads to Gainesville. But like I said, I mean, I, this is a, I hate to say it, but it's another cornerback that we might be penciling in elsewhere. So all eyes at that point are going to be on Palmer. 
Yeah, no question. All right, well, that's it for this week's Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra. We'll be back next week after the next round of official visits, coaching staff on the road. Might even have some new coaches to talk about as recruiters as well. So until then, Pete Sampson, Tom Loy, and Kevin Sinclair, thanks for listening.